interesting thing is, okay, there's multiple levels here. First of all, we know now that pregnancy, that women actually, the placenta does not protect women from cadmium, lead, and a lot of these heavy metals. So we're actually neurodevelopmental delays that actually cause in vitro still, like, you know, they're not even born and they already have contamination levels, these babies. And we know as well that detoxification pathways actually are slow to develop. They don't have them at birth. Yeah. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists and practitioners responding directly to the needs of a practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business, something clinical, you'll get the variety you need to enjoy and stay motivated and practice. So thanks for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for our episodes. If you'd like more support, get in contact and I look forward to working with you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. And I am really excited to have Anne Wine here with us today. Now, Anne works for Interclinical, and she's been with them quite a while now. And her area of interest or study is the environment and environmental toxins. So I was really excited to get Anne on today because I live in South Australia, and of course, we have Port Perry in South Australia, never something we shouldn't be proud of. There's so many environmental toxins that we just don't realize about, and we don't realize where they are and how it all works. So I just started chatting with Anne, and I was like, stop, stop. We have to stop chatting. We actually have to have the podcast because I'm just learning so much, and I need to share it with all of you. So Anne, thank you so, so much for coming on today. Tell us a bit about yourself before we totally get into it. I am, so I've been working at Interclinical, and through Interclinical, really, and seeing hair testing, I've become more and more interested in how what we're seeing. And part of it relates to my own kids that were, we had issues with learning like ADD, ADHD. And, you know, we went through the diet thing and I went through all these different stages. And now I think with what I've seen in the last years, I would have a totally different approach. So, yeah, it started off as a bit of interest and a lot of passion. That's brilliant. So one of your areas or your main area of interest with interclinical is the toxic environment and assessing our clients. So what are some of the questions that you encourage people to ask their clients? I mean, for me, it's the first one is where do you work? What do you do? And um, Because that's going to find out some of the really simple stuff. But then there's a lot of deeper digging on that, isn't there? So what are some of the assessment questions you really think that we should be asking our clients? In some respects, I I think we need to flip this upside down and look at it the other way. So there are so many studies in the health effects of the adverse effects of heavy metals. Maybe we need to first assess where the person is and then work backwards. And the reason for that is once we find out if there is a toxic issue, So if there is a heavy metal burden, then we can start asking questions to evaluate where this came from. Thing is that environmental toxins are all through our world. I mean, and home, they're in our homes. If you live in an old home, you possibly have lead dust or arsenic issues. We have aluminium in our fry pans. 
Our self-cleaning oven, the pyre or whatever it's called one, puts out the most awful off-gassing. And off-gassing is an issue as well. Antimony, for example, antimony is used in plastics and in PVC, but it's also used, it's a fire retardant and it's used in our clothing, oh. right? So think about putting your kids in that little fire retardant nighty, yeah. right? It's, it's got antimony in it. Sometimes our mattresses have antimony and yet antimony makes you so sick. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a carcinogen. And we look at our stats of cancers. They're going through the roof. We've got a significant increase. So, and if you live in our suburbs of Sydney, for example, or outer suburbs of Adelaide, they are often market gardens. So you've got a lot of, yeah, you've got arsenic in the soil and your kids are traipsing in and out, you're traipsing in and out, and you're treating it through your home. So often we find that a home, for example, can be more toxic than outside. Wow. Big, isn't it? I mean, I always take, we all take our shoes off at the door. And oh. I think really simple things like that and encourage our clients to do so. Because what have they just walked in? Where have they just been? Exactly. Um, and if we've got that much, all of these heavy metals, all this environmental toxin just surrounding us all the time, then we have to take, we have to be really careful. It's in your food, like half a glass of wine has lead in it. And it's a part of the manufacturing process. And we're all on gluten-free diets, so we eat a lot of rice. Unfortunately, rice is very high in arsenic and cadmium, and it's purely the way it's grown. So our food chain is actually contaminated. And you can actually go online. It's quite an interesting thing, but have a look at the Australian food standards. And they allow cadmium in our brassicas. They allow actually one milligram per kilo of arsenic in our rice. We have pretty much the highest allowance of arsenic in our food in the world. Europe, they allow 0.3 and 0.1 if the rice is going to be used in a toddler product. Because remember what we do, we give our toddlers rice, rice cereal, rice crackers. People do, don't they? They um, until they until we're able to explain to them that rice isn't first food, breast milk is, and vegetables. <laughs> that rice for first food, I've never understood it. I didn't understand it when I wasn't a naturopath. So once I became a naturopath, Mm. realize that yeah, it's not a food it is just not a food so we see it. it's in our food it's in our mm. homes these heavy metals according to the world health organization the top 10 chemicals of public concern include arsenic cadmium lead and mercury the iarc same thing number one is arsenic cadmium lead mercury are up there so we actually exposed to these chemicals all the time there's a lot of interesting studies like we talk about getting someone's background. But they did this amazing study in the UK looking at environmental toxins, so arsenic, mercury, lead, and the effect on cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular health. And without doubt, any level of toxin increases your risk. And this is a study, it's a meta-analysis, 300,000 people, and it was in the Lancet. And basically, it came out with a linear risk level. So as your level of contamination or as toxicity or burden increased, so did your risk of cardiovascular or cardio health. So and when we think that women who have more hot flushes, like the worse they are, the greater risk that woman is of having a heart attack and cardiac issues. On top of that, we put our heavy metal burden that we're getting from 
what we're thinking is a great diet. I'm eating lots of vegetables. I'm mm. gluten-free, all of those things. And yet we're putting in these heavy metals because we just don't realize. We just well, don't. Exactly. And like as parents, you think, oh, it's good to give fish to your kids. Yeah. And it's really important to understand what the level of fish you're supposed to eat is. So not many people know, but it is on the Australian Food Standards website that actually for under six-year-olds, 150 grams a week, if you've given them flake, shark, i.e. think fish cocktails or fish and chips, something like that, if you've given them flake, they should have no other fish for two weeks, right? Grateful I never fed mine flake. (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, people think that, Fish and chips is a healthy meal and potatoes can be high in cadmium too. And our brassicas, talking about our brassicas, which we know we need for health, can be high in cadmium. And they actually found out that vegetarians are actually more exposed because they eat a higher levels of vegetables. Right, and that's significant because, of course, your brassicas, we're encouraging people to have brassicas. Absolutely. Because they're so good for us. So many, I mean, everybody listening is going, yes, I know, Jordan, move on. We know brassicas are good for you. We really are encouraging them. We have them in our supplements where one would assume they are cleansed and there isn't anything in there. But the point is it's such a good vegetable. I mean, my girlfriend for my birthday one year, the family, they bought me a picture and it says, eat your greens. And that's the other thing, okay? So we all know like greens are important and and five serves of veggies, two serves of fruit, we know. But do you know that actually 3% of men eat their five serves of veggies and 8% of women eat them? And that's it. And that's Australia. That's from the census. And the really interesting thing is to combat or to build resilience towards Mm. environmental toxins, we actually need those veggies. 40% of diet now is ultra-processed foods. And a lot of those have preservatives, which in themselves are heavy metal. Like titanium dioxide, that's used in foods. In fact, it's used as an excipient in a lot of supplements and medications. And it's actually been banned in the EU as of earlier this year or maybe last year as a food additive, safety concerns. And that's it, isn't it? The EU, if you look at it and you think, oh, it's got an E number in it, but that means it's actually approved in the European Union. It's got an E. So actually an approval. Yeah, and then they've actually withdrawn their approval because the EU is actually the best. They're quite, well, everybody's very slow. Look, there was talking about Port Perry before. So there's a great study that Macquarie Uni did and they looked at the NAPLAN and they measured it against soil contamination, okay? And so they chose Broken Hill. They started with Broken Hill and they broke it into five catchment areas and measured the contamination level of arsenic, lead and cadmium and compared it to NAPLAN results and found linear correlation. So as the level of contamination increased, right, you saw a reduction in NAPLAN results. And then they, same thing in Mount Isa and Port Perry. So, and they also looked at early developmental, I can't think what the assessment's called, but it's the one where you see how they're developing. And they found that the high contamination had at least two areas of issue. So there is so much evidence that our environment, that higher the contamination, the sicker it makes us. I mean, ADD and ADHD. In the last four years, according to Medicare, there's been a 50% increase in ADD medication. Wow. They're only measuring scripts. Yes, they're only Uh, measuring scripts, mind you. And 
people have noticed their own children because they've had them home over the last few years that they hadn't seen before. But yeah, and I think people are realizing, hey, my brain isn't, because I'm sitting in front of a computer, I'm working differently. And so I'm able to assess how I am and notice that perhaps I should have done something about this sooner or I got missed. Well, so I it's more the kids. And yeah. the interesting thing is, okay, there's multiple levels here. First of all, we know now that pregnancy, that women, actually the placenta does not protect women from cadmium, lead, and a lot of these heavy metals. Baby, so yep. we're yep. actually neurodevelopmental delays that actually cause in vitro still, like, you know, they're not even born and they already have contamination levels, these babies. And we know as well that detoxification pathways actually are slow to develop. They don't have them at birth, Yeah. right? And I think they measured, I think it was cadmium, and they found it was higher in cord blood than in the mother. So it's filtering for the mother and not for the child probably. I mean, there was another, there's a discussion, I mean, we're talking heavy metals and environmental toxins, but since we're talking about the pregnant woman, there's a lot of discussion about perfumes as well and um, fake tan and how that passes through to the baby. So there is so much. It was really good being pregnant when I just didn't know all this stuff. Sorry, anyone out there who's pregnant now who's actually learning about this stuff available when I was pregnant, thank goodness. But not only that, but we learned when we were at school the consenter protected us. Yeah. And it's over the years that they worked out, well, actually, that's not true. Not true, yeah, because it looks like it should because when we see a placenta from a smoker in comparison to someone who doesn't smoke, the placenta is very different. The placenta is smaller, it's darker. It's not as it sort of as ripe as tissue as you'd want to see it from someone who is, you know, smoking and mm-hmm. has lifestyles that or an environment that isn't so great. But it was always thought, yeah, it's going to it stops all this stuff going to the baby. Look, there it is holding it in the placenta, but no, it can't. Mm-hmm. The placenta can't do everything. And that's the other thing, actually, is that these heavy metals, a lot of them are maleoestrogens, so they're endocrine disruptors in themselves. So I know. And we talk about um, phthalates and all these other chemicals that are endocrine disruptors. But it's important to note that the heavy metals are too. And our body does filter them, but we have to make sure that our number one, that we don't, we don't have a huge exposure, but also that our bodies are working well. So we want our detoxification pathways. You know, we want to give them all the nutrients they require so that they're working well. We want to, no, I'm not teaching anything here. But it's really important that we assess ourselves and we keep them on path and also that where it comes to pregnant women, for example, that we do make sure that we do assess the heavy metal load, you Mm. know, as part of preconception. Definitely as part of preconception because things can be changed. We can implement diet change. We can implement their supplements. We could, if they want to do a detox prior to pregnancy, they can do Mm. so so that they're ready for pregnancy. They should not do it while they're pregnant. 15% of babies are now under one and a half kilos. That's an Australian statistic. And funnily enough, all these heavy metals are known to cause low birth weight, preterm babies, low birth weights. You know, Mm. so all the information's there and yet there's no change in public policy or there's sort of no interest. So I think it's up to us sort of look after and educate clients. I mean, I was talking about before about ADHD. But we know that lead is a neurotoxin, right? And we know that exposure, lead exposure, cadmium exposure, actually reduces IQ by at least two IQ points. 
That's big. Yeah. And there's a big case in the US, I don't know if you heard, but a couple of years ago, they had an issue with contamination of heavy metals in baby food. So all the big companies, I don't think someone did this test, right? And they evaluated the heavy metal load. And some of it was natural. It was just like if you've got arsenic in apples and you mush them all up to put them in a baby food, there's a lot of apples in there. You know what I mean? So you're getting concentrated. So anyway, so basically there is now two cases in the US where they're taking the baby food companies for causing ADD and autism because of the heavy metals. So they're utilising a lot of the research that's occurred over the last 15 years. Research is all there. And um, we've seen such a huge growth in ADD and ADHD. It's amazing when we, because with the HTMA, we can really see where we've got those spikes and we can see our comparators on the, when we look at the report, when it comes through. And so when we want help, you guys are there to help us with our report and to figure out what we need to do. But just so everyone knows, there is, of course, the Facebook group, the private Facebook group for, for practitioners. So the HTMA interclinical group. And you're in there, is it every week? You're in there? You're yeah, in there. we do it every Wednesday and yeah. we could focus on a mineral. So I think there's, people aren't sure in a respect, like there's so much around and it's hard to learn everything. And I think our course really, we've got, we train you in um, reading HTMA, but also understanding mineral balancing so that some minerals, you know, will work together and some work against each other. And when it comes to heavy metals, not only do they work against, but they actually, I mean, look, there's a lot of focus on our microbiota, right? And heavy metals, our microbiota do protect us um, against heavy metals, but only at low levels. Mm -hmm. And once that level of heavy metal or that burden increases, we Mm -hmm. actually affect the composition, the alpha and beta composition of our, our microbiota. And there's amazing studies where they actually worked out cadmium, which bacteria does it affect? And what they basically worked out is, surprise, surprise, the pro-inflammatory microbiota love the heavy metals and the good ones that we want (laughs) don't. So it actually causes leaky gut and gut dysbiosis. And often those heavy metals, those evil ones, they actually... When our liver's detoxified, they can retoxify them. Wow. So, yeah. That really messes with the gut. Not only does it mess with the brain, because, of course, they change everything. They mess with your gut, which changes everything. We've got the gut-brain connection going on, being affected here by the heavy metals. We've got, we store them in our bones. We store them in our muscles. So detoxifying from them. So detoxifiers, let's talk for a minute about detoxifying from these things. What things do you recommend? Because I mean, everybody talks about, what is that, the soap, herb, cilantro, the Americans call cilantro. it. Cilantro, yeah. yeah. Um, so not keen myself. I don't use that one to detox. Okay, so, so look, supporting the liver and yeah. supporting elimination pathways, yeah. they're like 101. Yeah. Right? And then after that, it's actually dependent on which heavy metal. Yeah. Because we really believe that, nutritionally you can detox like you shouldn't be chelating the thing with the chelation is it grabs metals it grabs minerals and unfortunately most of them don't distinguish what it's grabbing so it can grab all your essential minerals as well so you actually dump everything but the other thing it does is if your body 
is not effectively detoxifying, you're bringing it back into the blood. You can't detoxify it, so you're sending it back out into your body and it goes somewhere else. So often people look ghastly after they've had some IV chelation is because they've got flus and they've just redistributed the heavy metal somewhere else. Yeah. So I pulled it from bone and now it's in the brain. Unless you can really get rid of it. And that's why we like people to slowly detoxify. So at what your body, so if we support your liver really well yeah. and make sure you've got things like selenium, make sure your sulfur pathways are well supported. We need molybdenum, for example is really important as a precursor. So we make sure, first of all, nutritional minerals are there. And then we sort of look at the heavy metals afterwards. So once your liver's functioning well and you've got all your minerals you need, then your body should cope. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm all about doing it slowly. I'm like, well, the red blood cell takes 120 days to turn over. So for us to have a detox, it's got to be at least 150 days because you've got to catch all the ones that are just coming out, all the ones that are dying and all the ones that are just starting. So it needs to be a minimum of 150 days that you're looking at to detox. And if you're metabolic type, if you're a fast metabolizer, you can probably, you know, churn that a bit faster, but certainly most of us adults are a little bit slower. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because that's the other thing, of course, with the HTMA, it says whether you're a fast or slow, there's that seesaw in there that shows because we want to be in the middle don't we and yet people are right at either end and so we have to work them back and that's when we get those retests and we often see a change in the yeah. uh, where they are fast to slow metabolizers yeah so it's really interesting it's another really interesting I always love looking at that but it's one of my first that's my go-to what are they then I can uh, work from there once the, I know. and we know when your body's in stress mm. like how can it be detoxifying effectively when it can't even absorb your nutrient effectively you know what I mean so and as soon as you're you know to have good resilience against heavy metals you need good nutritional levels I mean we know that if your calcium level drops your tissue level of calcium drops low you open yourself up to lead because lead it's sort of opportunistic as such in that there's not a lot of calcium around but it has the same outer shell it can be used in the same way Nice. So that lead gets in, and that's why we we see a buildup of lead in bones, for example. People are heavier; they people they truly are heavier because they've got lead in their bones, which is heavier than calcium. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really interesting part of practice. I do use it personally, and I really like using it, which is why I've got you on today. Yeah, thank you. Interesting. It's such an interesting aspect when we look at our clients and I particularly use it if I'm a little bit, if my client's sort of flatlining in what they're trying to do or trying to achieve, then it will be a go-to. If I'm struggling with why, you know, what's going on? What is, I've asked all the questions, we've nutted it down, we've done everything, but I still can't get to it. I had one lady years ago, so I was trying everything and we'd plateaued with weight which was strange because she had an event coming up. And of course, when someone has an event coming up, they're very focused, <laughs> very, very focused. She was a very big lady. She was very focused to lose weight. She wanted to get into a particular dress for a wedding. And then we plateaued. And I was really surprised we plateaued where we did. And so then I thought, okay, what can I do? I thought, right, we'll do HTMA. So we sent off our HTMA and it came back. And I looked at it and I said, you've told me you're not drinking tank water. She said, no, 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 we've tank water, but we've got a special tap for that. So I don't drink it. I was like, oh, okay. 
And then I thought, oh, this doesn't make any sense. So I phoned and back in the day it was Zach and I spoke to Zach and he's like, she's drinking tank water. She's drinking some other water. Her kidneys are in crisis. Her kidneys are in crisis. So I phoned her and I said, okay, I've just had a chat with them and it's got to be your water. I need you to find out about your water. She's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's, I need you to find out. She said, this is the renovated part of the house. So it's all, I need you to ask, like, I need you to find out. And then, uh, so then she spoke to her husband and she came back to me and she said, I've got a water filter coming. That it is the tank water has been piped into the kitchen and it's not through the old tap on the wall that I'm not using. It comes into the sink. And it took ages to figure this out. I'm like, your kidneys are in crisis. What is going on? You're losing weight. You're feeling better, but we've plateaued. You're not feeling right. You should be feeling, you should have more energy by now. What is going on? Quite interesting, actually, Mm. because, you know, a lot of the heavy metals, they're fat-seeking. And so women, because we have greater storage, we actually can end up with a higher toxic load and a greater burden. So often when women start losing weight, they're actually mobilising some of the toxins. So when people are losing weight but they're not looking healthy, it's something to think about. Yeah. So like most of us, we get on a high. Yes, we're doing so well. But some people are really struggling like health-wise on that diet and that's something to look at. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, well, we might leave it there because we're just getting over our bite-sized side. (laughs) Um, I'll have you back on again at some point, Anne, because it's really good chatting with you. I've really enjoyed today and I'm sure the listeners have really enjoyed as well. So guys, if you are listening, don't forget to give us that five-star review that I know because you've made it all the way through to the end. So scroll down and give us that five-star review. We'd love it. So thank you so much, Anne, for coming and talking today. I really appreciate it. And we'll look forward to having you on again sometime soon. Thank you, Geraldine. See you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.